You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Greg Coleman in studio. Not former Vikings punter Greg Coleman, but his son. Next on the Best of... We are back, hour three of the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Bob Sansevier, JB, Melissa, Andy, Cassie, and our very special guest, comedian slash comic slash son of punter, Greg Coleman. Greg Coleman. What's up? How are you guys doing? Now, obviously, it's the people ask you a lot about it. I covered your dad when I was working the Star Tribune and also then at, at the Pioneer Press when he was a punter. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, yes, he had a sense of humor, but he wasn't funny. Yeah, no. What not I at mean, all. is he funny around the house? Was not he a- really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it comes uh, from my mom. My mom has a goofy side. She has a funny side. I think like the presentation stuff probably comes from my dad and learning how to deal with people and talking with people and like learning how to read a room. Like I could give him that because your dad has a great voice. He has got a nice deep voice, and you obviously do too. Yeah, so yeah, he's got that stuff. Just the jokes aren't aren't really uh, his forte, but you know it's all right. It works out how it works out. Now, did your dad? Um, I don't know if you do you curse much at all in your uh, in your in your you know in your bits in, in my act. Um, I try to keep it in the what's the word enjoyable for all like you know i'm not too many tyrants or whatever like well the that. only reason i ask is your dad strikes me as someone who yeah. would be a little put off by the yeah well, he 
his thing was he was never a huge comedy fan. He was like, I don't, I don't trust comics. I don't, like, that will tell you everything you need to know about these. I don't trust comics. And, like, Bill Cosby was his favorite comic. And he's like, Cosby never had to curse. I was like, yeah, but look how that turned out. <laughs> I, I mean, he also never asked for permission. So, you know, <laughs> like, maybe enjoy a curse word and just someone who knows consent. <laughs> like, that's a... Uh, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, no, I just yeah, I try to keep it, you know, whatever. And sometimes with my tone, I may come off more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, was like people, oh, it seemed like it was whatever. I was like, no, nah, I was just uh, aggressive on stage, and it might seem like that, but no, nah, I try to keep it cool. I'm trying to work corporates and get oh, on yeah, TV. Oh yeah, you want yeah, to do Yeah, I want to make a little bit of money. Now, JB and you were talking a little bit before we started about if you played football. So, how did you play just in high school? Did you play in college as well? Uh, I played high school and I played in college. Uh, I played at a college down in Florida called Everwaters College. Uh, it was a black college. So, we played all around. Uh, and then I ended up transferring up to Wisconsin River Falls when I was like, you know what? Football's not my big forte. Because <laughs> I always wanted. Like, I always liked football. I grew up in an athletic house. Like, I grew up with all these dudes. It's like my uncles. Like, Chris Stolman and Darren Nelson and just anyone and everyone from the 80s and 90s. And I grew up around these guys. And I always wanted to do comedy. Like, funny was just my thing. I was like, athlete, that was fine. It came natural. But funny was my thing. I just didn't know how to do it. I was like, I didn't know you could just go to a comedy club or this and that. Like, I thought, okay, play football. Then be done playing football, be an announcer, they'll put you on TV, and then maybe they'll put you in TV shows or commercials and be funny, and they're like, hey, now you're funny, welcome to the funny world. Like, I thought I was just going to, like, kind of, like, no sense of the word, but, like, kind of OJ it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, turn it into that thing without the murder, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Like, that's what I thought, because it didn't seem so far-fetched, because my dad had a TV show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he did the morning news and stuff like that. I was like, okay, we'll play sports. They'll put you on TV. And I was like, yeah, just skip all the sports stuff. Like, I liked it. Like, I loved playing ball. It was great. But, you know, I had a couple of injuries, and uh, I, I looked at some tape. I was like, oh, I'm not playing hard enough to get to the NFL. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Let me just be the fun guy. Now, did you, your dad was a terrific athlete. I mean, wasn't he a terrific high hurdler, too? Or hurdler? Yeah. He had a world record in the 300-meter hurdles and had opportunity to go to the Olympics and stuff. But like, track and field. Did you do track also? I did do track. Uh, I did until I, about 11th grade. 11th or 12th grade, I was sprinting. And then I hit a growth spurt. And I was like, yo, I'm just going to go throw. <laughs> go throw the discus. And do a jump, and then I'm just going to grill with the big dudes. Like, that was my thing. Like, I was a 400 runner, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> it's like too it long. at all. Yeah, it was way too long. I was like, you mean, there's like, it's a 400 sprint. I was like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's how it was. So, I did all the stuff, basketball, track, uh, played baseball till about eighth, ninth grade. And then I quit. Baseball was probably a sport I really loved the most. My uncle played baseball, too. He was kind of ticked off when I quit because he, uh, Vince Coleman, so he was a ball player. So I grew yeah, up he was all a, those guys. He was yeah, a decent just, ball he was player. A decent, he was a decent dude. Like, that's all I wanted to do, just bump, try to hit home runs, and just steal. Like, well, it, it, your, uh, your uncle was a pretty good guy when it came to stealing bases, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like him and Ricky Henderson back in the day. They were going back and forth. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Kind so of who's, in is your, who's older, your dad is or is Vince older? Yeah, my dad is older. Vince came 
after my dad and then broke all of my dad's records back in high school and back in college. And then he was like, I'm going to go play baseball. They both have the opportunity. I think he got drafted by the Rams, and they wanted him to be receiver because he's the your fastest dad? Uh No, my uncle Vince. Oh, your uncle Vince. Yeah, Vince. Uh, they wanted him to be receiver. He's like, no, I want to kick. They're like, no, you're not going to do it. Like That was the same thing with my pops. He got offers to go anywhere and to play college ball, but they're like, no, you're not. You're not going to punt. Like You're fast. Go be a receiver. And he's like, no, I'm going to stick it out, and I'm going to punt. And it worked out for him. Now, I, I covered the Vikings, well, 84 through your dad's when he left. Mm-hmm. I don't recall him ever lining up. Did he not have hands? No. Because I mean, you think you'd take advantage of that speed. Yeah. Well, the thing was, he was the third-string quarterback, I believe. I knew that, yeah. Yeah, I saw a couple plays of him he was a zagging holder. and zagging. And running around and getting out of it. But he's got, like he's like me, he's got small hands. He doesn't have the receiver hands. Like, you know, and also they have, what, Sammy White and they yeah. have Ma Rashad. So it's like they're not going to be like, hey, Greg, go out there. You know, it was just different. Like, maybe now they might throw him out there with that speed. Like, oh, my God, this punter, we need to yeah. cover him and then throw someone underneath him. But, you know, I think it was just, you know, how the 70s and 80s went. I don't think Bud Grant was like, hey, let's throw a decoy out. Let's throw the punter out there. Yeah, Bud wasn't known for that sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. to, to do anything like that. So, mm-hmm. you uh, obviously, then, you, you, you've made comedy your career. What what did your dad want you to be? Did he ever say, I'd like you to be uh, X or, you know? Uh, uh, no, he just kind of wanted me to do and find something that I enjoyed. And you found it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so that that was really it. I think, you know, sometimes his parents are like, yo, we just want you to find something that you like, something you like doing. And I kind of bounced around. I did radio for a while and I did some TV stuff. And then, you know, radio brought me to comedy. And I think he's seeing like comedy's kind of paying itself back, you know, to me. I'm kind of getting gigs and doing stuff around. And it's like, hey, no one's told me to quit yet, you know. <laughs> so I think that's... Uh, where it is so it's either been like comedy or working in education like that's just kind of where my family's been my mom was a big educator and my dad was a teacher for a while so it's either i'm working with kids or you know doing some form of entertainment now andy erickson who you you've known her for a while she was Mm -hmm. in with us and i asked her this question because it came out of actually a um brian miller is on a a show i do the bs show every wednesday Mm -hmm. and he told us the, he did not know when it was booked, but he showed up, and it was a white supremacist bar <laughs> or club. What's yeah. the weirdest club you've ever been booked to? That's oh. how we got Andy to tell us about the <laughs> She did the backyard anniversary. The wedding? <laughs> oh, man. that I would kind of love and not love doing that white supremacist show. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if I have a clear exit, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start out. Because you got the speed. Yeah. Just you know what I mean? Yeah, I got just, some just shoulders. Just to see me. what happens. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> right? Uh, I think the weirdest gig that I ever did, I was in Atlanta, and I, I I did this show. I thought it was just a normal show. Come to find out it was a talent contest. So I get there, and the door guy wouldn't let me in. I was like, hey, man, I'm on the show. He's like, I don't care. I don't know you. Everybody's got to pay to get in. And then there's all these cameras around. And so it ends up that they're shooting like a reality TV show, like one of those The Wise of Atlanta or oh. Rap of Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just something. Something VH1 <laughs> and just not like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this. Like, I was wearing Toms, you know. <laughs> like, I'm not ready to be on this show, but whatever. So I got in and I like was getting ready to do the show. But before me, there are three hula that they're scantily clad women were dancing <laughs> before me three of them and i was like i can't follow that like no one wants 
to watch me. So I go up after that. Then the host, she talks to me for five minutes. And mind you, I only have maybe five, seven minutes of material. And she's asking me questions about stuff I'm about to talk about. So I'm like, all right, lady, you're making this really weird. And I go and I make a joke. And I make a joke about a rapper from Atlanta. Just, there's a dude called Waka Flocka Flame. Mm-hmm. And he is a big, aggressive rapper. And I made a joke just about him and Peter. I was like, that's a weird partnership. And someone was like, yo, don't talk about Waka. I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's not a mean <laughs> joke. Like, But people got, he's like, Waka's my cousin. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then, like, more people started popping up. And then some girl in the front row, she was just like, boo. Like, she had a chicken wing in her hand. And she was like, boo. I was like, really? You're going to boo me over this? I was like, all right, well, if you're going to boo, boo. So the whole crowd, she was like, boo, boo. Don't talk about walking. I stood on stage. And I was like, you guys done? Cool, I got two minutes left. But while they were booing, I was like, oh, this isn't as bad. Like, if this is the worst that it gets, like, I can deal with this. And I finished out my set and went home and I felt really weird. I was like, that was really weird. Really weird. So that was probably the one that was the most weird, but it like kind of helped like a little, ah, define a moment. And it's innocent now. Like there's nothing on the line. Like it might be different one day. It's like, hey, you're doing a correspondence and you're never going to be invited back ever. And you get fired from your agency. That one might suck. Yeah. But yeah. it's now... It was the Cheetah Club in Atlanta is my <laughs> most favorite. And I have them on my list. Like, I'll go back to the Cheetah, make them laugh, make them spit their chicken wings out from laughter, make Waka Flocka come up on stage and be like, you right, Greg, you right. You right. Like, so that, those are my redemption. That's you, my little notes. Do you tailor your skits or what, you know? <laughs> I mean, do you tailor it to where your location at? Um, I sometimes you got little tricks here and there. If you know a name of a town, I throw that town mm-hmm. in there or a neighboring town just to get people. Oh yeah, he knows where Dubuque is, yeah. or me knows Polk, Wisconsin. Like <laughs> you know something like that. But like kind of the older I'm getting, the more material I'm getting. Like you know stuff just becomes universal. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about family, dogs, pets, or else just my point of view. Like I try not not to make it very. Minneapolis centric, mm-hmm. you know, Minnesota centric. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's not, not, not too, too much. Like, I might tailor it if it's like, you know, a show with these people or this group. Like, all right, cool, I'll do some school stuff, teacher stuff, kids stuff, relationship mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it's more tailored on age more so than location. Now, Andy was saying that she travels, what, like two to three times a month. Mm-hmm. How, how yeah. often are you out of town? Um, it depends. Summertime, I'll work more and I'll pick and choose because I'm still working a job here. Uh, so I'm working at, at a school. Uh, Are you teaching? Schools. So I do behavior interventions. So I well, deal. that's not exactly a laugh riot. Yeah. I mean, it, you got to have the right, you got to have very thick skin and you can find something to laugh at every day. Like either I can get mad at it. Or I can just find a way to so laugh. So you're like at the it. school muscle. Yeah, pretty much. I'm the school bouncer. Like that's. That's uh, that's my job. I've been doing that. I've been doing youth work for like the last ten years. So I always said, like, listen, if I'm gonna go out and tell these weird jokes that destroy the earth, like I might as well try to help. It's balanced kids. It's yeah. Balancing life and yeah. universe. Do some balance, and it's all good. But you know, until I'm in a spot, which you know, hopefully soon. I love the kids, but forget the kids. I'm the future. <laughs> like I want to do it, uh, do it more full. But I'll still like my job's cool. 
with me taking off. Um, so, like, yeah, I'll travel and also host some events with NBA um, and Major League Baseball. So, yeah, I had an eight-week tour in the middle of school, like, last year. Eight <laughs> week? Yeah, it was my because schedule. Because kids behave for Yeah, you. like, the teacher's like, oh, my God, I hate Thursday and Friday. Like, I'll leave Thursday, go somewhere, come back Monday, take a red eye, come back Monday morning, go to work, stay there till you know, Wednesday. Or Thursday, depending on what time I leave, and that was just kind of the schedule. But, yeah. Oh man! So yeah, what about was, now? This, this summer, what do you? What places are you going to be traveling to the rest of the summer? I uh, just left. I was at in Wisconsin Comedy on State, the club out there. Uh, I'll be in New York in August, in LA in August. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, kind of hit those spots. You're a busy and, guy. Yeah. Most of yeah. most of the comics aren't working a, a day job. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've been fortunate to kind of find people like they know. I'm not necessarily trying to climb the ladder there. They're just like, hey, man, as long as you're here doing your job and That's all getting stuff about. done. Like, it, yeah, it's all good. HR doesn't necessarily know all of this. Probably best time. that way. That's where you want to identify the district. Yeah. Um, it's not the yeah. Buffalo School District where I'm on the school board, by the way. Yeah, no. We'd def- love to have muscle there. No. Yeah, it's definitely not <laughs> Buffalo. But. All right, now, uh, we're going to come right back with you. We're okay. going to talk some more, but... Royal Comedy Theater tonight, mm-hmm. one yeah. show, 8 o'clock? Yep, 8 p.m. and then one show tomorrow, tomorrow. at 8 p.m. All right. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Sports go sports. I promise I really totally care who wins. If there's a net or a hoop or a hole in the ground, I hope they get it in. If they want to go to all the bases, I hope That they was do. Greg Coleman on The Best Of. Coming up next, another local comedian, Andy Erickson, was back in town. Next on The Best Of. May the partakers be sturdy and rapid in the spirited energies they exert. May they be victorious in perpetuity. Don't I look cute in this football shirt? Sports The Tom Bernard Show is back. Tom and Catherine taking a much-deserved vacation. I'm Bob Sanser. JB is here. Melissa, Andy... Cassie? Yes. Winifred. Winifred. Whatever you like to call Why did you go by Winnie? I don't know. My mom and my dad just called me Cassie. and Or Fred. Or Freddie. <laughs> that would have been cute. No, um, I didn't know I was my name was Winifred until I like started school. I was like six or seven years old. What's your middle name? Cassandra? No, it's Cass Stevens. Cass Stevens? Not Cat Stevens. <laughs> Cass Stevens. <laughs> Cass Stevens. It's my mother's maiden name. Oh, and that's really? how they got Cassie. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather was in the Navy, and his they nicknamed him because his name was Charles Montgomery Cass Stevens, and he they was named Cassie. him. No, he went by Cass. They just okay. called him Cass. See, my mother was Winifred, but she went by Sissy. My grandmother's Winifred. She goes by Jakey. Nobody goes by Winnie or Winifred. Hmm. So, but as a mom of how many how many boys? Three? I have three boys. You're Mama Cass. I'm Mama Cass. <laughs> and our very special guest this afternoon is Andy Erickson. Yes, happy to be here. My middle name is Kay. So what, what is the Kay. first name, Andy, the, the given first name? Andrea. Uh, Andre, not Andrea. Andrea. It's Andrea. You Dang it, you caught me. <laughs> <It's Andrea. laughs> You're fancying it up. Yeah. Now, you were telling, and, and we're not going to stay on the, you know, the your maladies. Yeah. But, Marv, so you are, because you're taking medication, mm-hmm. it's, it, I guess the stories I've read about people, it's, a lot of them have been athletes that have yes. died. Yes. They did not know until afterward. Nope. But to me, there are the telltale signs, though. Yeah. Like you just showed about the, your fingers. And to me, I'm trying to remember who the athlete was. Isaiah Austin. No, it was a woman who died. Flo Hyman. She was a volleyball player. 
Maybe how long ago she died? Like in the eighties. That might have been her. Yeah, she died in the Olympics while playing because she was tall. Oh. We're tall, so like people are like yeah, play basketball, mm. play volleyball. Those are so dangerous for us. Yeah, because if you get hit in the head, you can go blind because your retinas can detach. If you hit in the chest, your heart can explode. <laughs> See, you know, and fairly or unfairly, I always wondered about Kevin McHale. Because he was very tall, and he also had that. The, it looked like he had the little yeah. circles or darkness under yeah. his eyes too. Yeah. But I mean, I've never heard of him having it. But you said medication will. Oh yeah, medication is helpful, and then they monitor your heart, and then you can get preventative heart surgery. Like I had my heart surgery when I was nine. I've had back surgery, eye surgery. I did have a lens dislocate, so they removed it. Um, you just you need constant. Like you seem to, for somebody with scoliosis, you have very nice posture. Oh, well, I have metal, on it. metal rods in my back, so I have no <laughs> you choice. Have no choice. <laughs> I would love to just slouch right now. <laughs> <laughs> so how, yeah. how far do they go up your back? I don't even know, but, like, it's pretty pretty long. Yeah. Can top. you predict the weather? Yeah, I, I can predict when... Uh, there's a metal detector nearby. No, because people say. I mean, people say when they've had when they have something either yes. in their body or they've had joint issues that they can tell when the weather's getting bad. Oh, the expansion of the metal or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't can know. you like put a magnet on your spine? It's actually not magnetic. It's titanium. <laughs> I tried though. Yeah, it's probably titanium. <laughs> like, or, yeah, it's titanium. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't go off in metal detectors, which yeah. is great. Cause now, did you go, yeah, because I fly a lot. Yeah. That would be awful. <laughs> did you go to college yourself? Yeah, I went to the University of Minnesota. Okay, then that I wanted to ask JB <laughs> about this. Uh, what is there a reaction around the the, uh, the university that Oregon State won the College World Series and that was the team that knocked out the Gophers? They feel any better about it, or is it yeah, not really? Not really. Because yeah, they <laughs> lost to them in the Super Regional and then they right. came back and won with that. That guy who never should have been on the pitching staff, by the, in the view of a lot of people. Well, I that I, I still go back and forth about that young man because that was something that was supposed to be sealed. Yeah, but it's his reaction the way he handled it when he talked about uh, that didn't, claiming it didn't happen. He only said it to keep the family harmony. While the mom of the of the of the child is not real happy with him and says that's a crock. So I'd be more inclined to believe her than him. So and he was accused of ha- of assaulting his uh, his was it his niece? I thought it was his cousin. Her cousin. It was yeah. someone, you know, a younger, a much younger child. But anyway, I'm not gonna. We've already brought up Marfan syndrome, so <laughs> we don't need to get. <laughs> I get love too dark. bringing it up. Because <laughs> awareness saves lives. So do you do, do you do a, a ten minutes on it? On I do. No, do you talk about it in your? <laughs> I do. You do. After being on Last Comic Standing, the Marfan Foundation reached out to me, and they were like, "This is so great because so many kids don't really have role models with Marfan syndrome because a lot of them are sports players, and they find out they can't play sports. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. were just excited to have someone doing something that the kids could do. So have you? been at shows and looked at someone and said marfan i've had someone come up to me after the show and go i was listening and i think i might have marfans and i had like a brochure it was while on tour and i looked at her and i was like yeah i think you do too and she had no idea she was like she was just kind of like thinking about it because like she was like yeah i've had scoliosis i've been really nearsighted i've had i've had some like chest pain and things well, how, like how that. do you work it into the act i was kidding when i brought that up oh my gosh i talk first i talk about how big my hands are and then i kind of go from there with some of the symptoms and i just share kind of some stories so do you do i mean what you did here do you do who can do this where you wrap, yep. basically wrap your fingers around your wrist yep i have everyone in the audience try no one just can do like it. we did here and well so far but I know. I, I try not to scare people, but I'm like, if you can, <laughs> come Have you ever, me. like, tossed some pills to someone when you were up there? 
Um, Was it that been that bad? But once I was on a cruise ship and a man forgot his heart medicine and I had the same heart medicine and we talked to the captain of the ship and they're like, yeah, you guys can share medicine if you want. (laughs) Propranolol? No, but I am on Propranolol. Oh my gosh, you guys are so cool. (laughs) You know all that stuff. Yeah. It was um, warfarin, actually, blood Mm, thinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should actually have a stump Andy segment. You wouldn't be able to. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think when you have, you know, chronic uh, diseases and ailments, it's it's best to find the humor in it. Because, I mean, like with my Crohn's disease, it can be very taxing on you. And sometimes you hit this depression, especially if you're, like, in a having a bad couple weeks with it and you just get so tired of not feeling good. Um, so it's always good to, I mean, with mine, we have a lot of bathroom jokes. But <laughs> so, <yes. laughs> so if someone were to say to you, Cassie, you're full of crap, you could say, no, I'm never full of crap. I'm never. <laughs> I'm always clear. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we always, we I love it. I think if you find the humor, especially with um, chronic ailments, I think it helps um, with your health to laugh through it. You know, so it's good that you do that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes I'd write about offending people, but the people with Marfan syndrome, they just love it. Like, yeah. Like, I make fun well, of being tall. Well, they get it. And yeah. Yeah. How tall it. are you? I'm 6'1", which is tall for a girl. So did you play bat sports or I basketball? I did for a year, and I was so good because no one could grab the ball from me. <laughs> <laughs> but then when they caught up to my height, I was like, oh, I have to practice well, now. <laughs> when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, they gave me this card, and it, and it says that I have Crohn's disease, and it was basically a bathroom pass that I could oh, use yeah. a bathroom, like if it was in a private business or something, and I had to go... Mm-hmm. I could show them this card, and they would have to let me use the bathroom. So it was the most. I'm like, that's power. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, look how irate. I, I can actually, go to the bathroom anywhere. I got my own dorm room with its own bathroom when I was in college oh, because I had the awesome. Crohn's diagnosis at the time. Well, that worked out well. That was yeah. really nice. <laughs> Extremely nice. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't have to share. You know what? You should tell the kids. Learn from this. Mm-hmm. Tell your doctor you need a you need the diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> if you want your own bathroom. Yeah, well, we get the first class bathrooms. And- <laughs> well, I've gone to concerts and it sometimes you'll feel like some shame in like having a disability, but like it's when I'm having a bad day, sometimes I can't even get out of bed because of my back pain. And I've gone to a concert though and got ADA seating and I got to sit during a concert and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I know. Like, I, so I say, if you've got. A health condition take advantage so, of it like come on like do you have the, the hang tag for uh do, do you park in because you do you are disabled with the uh, back and everything i don't have that i imagine one day i i might need that because sometimes like i get dizzy when i stand and i like fall over or like mm. and i just have i have duralectasia and so like i it, like i get numbness in my legs and is, like that's I'll, what i'm sorry andy what is that duralectasia it's like a sack of fluid on my spine and that kind of comes, 70% of people with Marfan syndrome have it. It's either 70 or 60 or, I don't know, something wrong there. So a lot of people have it with Marfans. Hmm. But, yeah, you guys are learning so much about health. <laughs> I have never even heard of well, that. Well, about Marfan, I yeah. mean, because I think a lot of people don't know about Marfan mm-hmm. syndrome. And I didn't know about it until that athlete died. Yeah. And Isaiah and there Austin were, there just, were a few, yeah. just got diagnosed. He was going to be drafted into the NBA, and they caught it. But I think now he's playing over in China. Um and yeah, and and me, <laughs> and there's a few others. Yeah, Austin Carlisle and the band of Mice and Men. He has it. Yeah. So all right. So when you you do talk about that, do you uh, when you're out? 
uh, in different states. How much of what you do do you try to tailor for that? I mean, do you write jokes just for each college or each region, or is it just pretty much off the top? Yeah, I have. I'll kind of, like, I'll ask, like, the students if there's any, like, fun, like, school secrets or like rituals and things like that i'll try to get dirt on like the professor sometimes (laughs) and try to do some inside jokes and i'll do like my midwestern stuff is my favorite midwestern colleges because i can talk football i can talk vikings i can go into pontoons (laughs) Pontoons. have you ever gone into a college like a very uh like there aren't you know there aren't many of these but very left-leaning college and tell them right off the top, I love Donald Trump. Then win him back <laughs> to see if you can just win him over. Challenge no. mode. That sounds awful. Put yourself in a heart, you know. Put yourself against them at the yeah. beginning, and then own them by the end of it. <laughs> I do. I do not like. I know comedians who do that. No, I try to just win them over at the top with Harry Potter stuff, Pokemon, Power yep. Rangers. Get them on your side, and then keep them on your side, and then make them be your friend, and then never upset them ever. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't. You're not a very political comic. No, then. I have some political jokes, and I'll tell them, but like, I just. It doesn't, I get anxiety when I think about it and even when I get in debates on Facebook and I feel like it's just not good for my health. Like mm-hmm. the stress is just not good. Like I tried, I was very involved and I still do. Like I donate and I'll post every once in a while, but like it, I just. So which of the houses would you be, be in? Yes. In Harry Potter? Let's talk about Harry Potter. You would not be in Slytherin. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hufflepuff? No. So, no. Who here is a sliver, Slytherin? Okay, good. I would be Ravenclaw. Me too. I'm Ravenclaw as well. Mm. I saw that you're wearing blue too, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just based on what you little bit you know about all of us, what mm-hmm. houses would we belong in? Okay, brave Gryffindor. Okay, mm. sneaky Slytherin. JB is Slytherin because he doesn't talk much. Mm. Gryffindor because you look fierce. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. So Andy's, a, he's, you've already confirmed he's Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. absolutely Ravenclaw. So I have no house. He's a nerd. I don't know. Are you a jock or a nerd or just like a nice guy? I'm a nice guy. Hufflepuff. Yeah. Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, you can be a Hufflepuff. I agree. What do I have to be to be the Gryffindor and Ravenclaw sound a lot better? I thought there were only <laughs> three true. houses. There's four. There's four. <laughs> oh, that's right. The four hats. If you want to be in Gryffindor, you got to get your jersey out and get fierce. Yeah, so Gryffindor, which one was he in? Potter. Potter was Gryffindor. Gryffindor. <laughs> well, who's in Ravenclaw? Who got stuck in that one? Luna Lovegood? No, she was Gryffindor, too. R- Ravenclaw isn't really represented very much in the books. Yeah. That's what I That's what I thought, because I don't remember hearing. Okay, so his allies, they weren't all Gryffindor. For A lot of them were. A lot were. of them were, yeah. Almost all of them. But where did his other allies come from? As the, as the books went on, he had a lot more mm-hmm. allies. Uh, Well, let's see. Yeah, Hufflepuff. He even had allies in Slytherin. After yeah, a Slytherin time. is like it's yeah. like most of the bad guys come from there, but they're not all bad guys. That's kind of how it is. I went to a um, wizard camp where adults get to pretend to be wizards for a weekend, and you get sorted into houses. And I chose the bad house, and it was so fun. Mm. <laughs> oh wait, Luna was Ravenclaw. She was okay. Good. Uh, so was Cho Chang. Okay. Um, Harry's girlfriend. This is so nerdy. I love it. Like, <laughs> See, I was never into Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm more into like the sci-fi and <gasps> Marvel and all that. See, I love Doctor Who. <gasps> I haven't seen Doctor Who. Is oh, that nuts? Oh, you have to. I heard it's so good. If you have Amazon Prime, it's all on there. It you know, is? Mm-hmm. You know what I like the best of all the Harry Potter movies? Hmm. 
the newspapers that had videos on them. Mm -hmm. yeah. That to me was technology that we should have. I loved when they did that. that JP, is... did you watch them very much? Never watched anything. So this never... is lost on you. Yeah, yeah. Totally. The only thing I can tell you about Harry Potter, how much money I spent buying the books for my son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I never seen the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I he never haven't. did. Oh, I watched them because of my kids. See, my I, the only thing I know is like what my stepdaughters have told me about Harry Potter. I just don't have the time to sit. I mean, with all the kids I have, I just don't have time to sit and watch a two-and-a-half-hour movie at home. Unless I'm sick. Yeah, he refused to <laughs> watch the movies, but he read all the books. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess the the, the books were they had to be pretty damn good because she made a bundle on them and They're then the movies. So good. Well, and they got like double the thickness every book. <laughs> Literally, That's the true. book got thicker. One of these way days. more than the last book. So, will there be a reboot like they did with Spider Man, a new one? Honestly, I think J.K. Rowling doesn't want that to happen, but there's got that's got to happen. It, it, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be just terrific. Maybe his kid will do because he did have kids at the end. And by the way, the Tom Bernard Show will be right back. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. was Andy Erickson on the best of coming up next closing out the show we're opening up the vault all the way back to episode 456 with Rick Bronson and a special call-in guest next on the best of Rick Bronson is our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, every week on Thursdays, Rick Bronson's House Comedy, the headliner comes in and does the podcast. It's kind of nice because we do the podcast on Thursday, so I get to know the headliner. And then the next morning, they appear on the KQ Morning Show, so it's like they come in the next day. It's just like Jay Farrow, you know, people like Jay's that. Jay's great. Just a great. That's for now. There actually has been talk of, uh, of someone at the station mentioned it, one of the sales uh, people, that they want to start doing it on Thursdays. They do. So you might be meeting them first in the morning for, uh, and then they and, come on. and then get them here. Why would they do that? I don't know. But actually, so for me, I'll, I'll for be honest. Be for me, better. it's better because yeah, it is better. Uh, oh yeah, I'll, then I'll, you've I'll got say, the whole weekend. Well, that's just mm -hmm. it. I mean, people make their plans for Friday and Saturday night. You know, often a week in advance or at least by Thursday. So that's one of the reasons why I've never advertised. You know, I'm a firm believer in radio and podcasts and all any and this medium, but I'd never advertise for really you know that anything in the evening or dry, you know that six because right, people already right. know what they're doing. Right. They're not going to go. Oh yeah, let's stop those plans and go here. You know, I just thought we should do. We should call Paul Mercurio. Paul. Just, well, the only reason I bring that up is because we... He, he introduced us, yeah. He, he did. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't true. know that. I, I he, played he, off with Rick He, he set us Paul. up on our first date. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly really right. It was, it was lovely. What if I have his number on my phone? I'll, I know I'll I have, have it. it. I'll have it. But I don't have, have my phone in here. I need to go out and get it if you oh, need it. My phone. I will have that. I don't know if I have Paul on my... I mean, I know his You number. don't have anybody's number on your on your new fan-dangled phone. What what do you get? What kind of new phone do you get? It's just any cell phone is new fan dangled to him. I am now beta testing foolishly Apple's 8.0. Is that a good plan? 
Uh, I know. That's going to be the next software release with the next uh, iPhone or in this fall. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a real idiot with Apple product. Me and Robert Kelly, very funny comedian as well. We both need to be on the cutting edge of Apple at all times. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, I've bought enough stuff that I I really feel that even now in his death, Steve Jobs should send me Christmas cards every year. <laughs> yes. Thank you note or something. There's Paul's number. If, uh, you give it to Michael. I, I like give to, Paul a call. I'm going to talk to him Maybe you anyway. should text him and let him know that we're calling. Oh, no. Let's hell surprise no. the hell out of him. Well, he calls me randomly. Does yeah, he? he does. Absolutely. Yes, yes he does. He does. He, but I haven't spoken to him in a couple of months. It's no, really weird. You should now. ask. Uh, actually, it'd be a great story if we can get him on the air. You'll, you'll have to ask Paul about what he sent me as a gift. A gift? Yeah. He sent me goddamn gifts. Well, this this I'm was, upset. This was a. It was an interesting day. It was actually the first time. Uh, I, actually, it was the weekend that we uh, that we golfed together. There we go. How we go? Midland Hills. Um, it was Midland Hills, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. I was just talking to your uh, future son-in-law, and, he's, and I was trying to remember if it was the um, – I said, is the number one hole? Does it go downhill, about 350 yards? And then I'm rattling off all these different – I can't remember what my wife said yesterday, but I can walk through almost oh, every yeah. round oh, yeah. of golf I've ever played, and even oh, if I played yeah. a track once. Yes. 16th oh, – excuse me, 15th hole, Mercurio finally hits a good shot. <laughs> And he's running around with the club up in the air in the middle of the goddamn fairway, <laughs> on the 15th fairway. Uh, who's the greatest? It's like, settle down. Wow. He's not answering. Go right to voice. Right to voice. Uh, you, uh, left, uh, you left uh, him a nice message? Oh, I, I figured he was busy or something. Piss back I'll, again. I'll, I'll text him. I'll text him. I'll see if he'll answer. The studio line uh, is 612-313-0287. Paul Mercurio is he does warm up still for uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Right. He's executive producer, head writer on uh, the, Daily the Daily Show, Show. on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Great, brilliant stand up. He has no energy on stage. Is no, his problem. None whatsoever. Oh, he's no, so great on stage. What, what's the studio number here? What's it? 612-313-0287. All right. Maybe he just didn't recognize the number unless because yours probably doesn't right. say. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about that. So how's the new <clears throat> comedy club in Phoenix going? Um, you know what? Like building out anything else, um, whether you're building a home or business, contractors are never on time. Oh, <laughs> And, <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, I don't need a GC. I need JC. I really need to start praying to God. I'd have a Jews looking for Jesus for some yeah. help. That you know, things, are, th- things have gone to shit. Unless you're kinky, uh, Friedman. Where kinky. is it? Where is it in Phoenix? We're actually in North Phoenix. Uh, if you know the area well, not far from Desert Ridge. If you've been to uh, Blue Martini, which is right on High Street in right. City North, that's right. where we're at. So we're in a great location. Okay. I mean, it's it's really starting to boom. Right beside us is a brand new. 15,000 square foot uh, Toby Keese moving in. Oh, yeah. Um, great. Those places are great. They do really well. From, they I, do. I, me, I, even though I live in, uh, in in Canada, in Alberta, which is one of the largest country uh, fan-based populations mm-hmm. in, in the entire globe, I've just never really bought into the whole the whole country market. I'm yeah, just not a... I'm not, a, I'm not a, the, the whole two-step well, thing. Yeah. And, uh, You're Jewish, yeah. honey. I know. Well, I, 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 it doesn't work for so your people. Say, so, you're telling me if, if they, if, so you're saying if they opened a bar where they just played Havana Gila and lifted me up on a chair, no, I'd go every day. Every all. day you'd go. This you is the greatest there. bar I've ever been to. You went there, not me. Who's the organist? That organist is fantastic. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. The whole thing. Actually, Catherine and I, our 30th anniversary is on July 7th. Oh, then muzzle top. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to retrace our honeymoon. 
which brings us within to, reason though this time within reason this time and he's which not going to ride to, a horse or kayak or anything. no i'm not going to do no, that no no where, where was the original no white water rafting Banff for springs oh that's in, right we t- that's right and then we're going to lake louise again oh that's such damn it's good. so I mean, you can't beautiful go you just want to oh, just, just you just want to look at it just <laughs> sit there for the rest of your life and look at it god's it's country so it gorgeous. is literally that's the when you get there you know the complete definition it is god's country i mean beautiful place in the world water reflects like a mirror it's a many people don't know this are uh, even Canadians don't know this, but the $20 bill in Canada, the image on the $20 mm-hmm. bill is of Lake Louise. The uh, oh. that picturesque uh, mountain and, and lake in front is the uh, $20 bill. So here was the honeymoon. So we get married 30 years ago now, and right. we fly into Calgary. Well, first, you couldn't fly directly then. You had to fly through Salt Lake City. So we get to Calgary. We stay at the Four Seasons there. Then we drive up to a camp on Saddleback Mountain. And we rode horses to the top of Saddleback Mountain. What was that, like a two-day deal? Yeah. He, and then, came, he wow. was in a tent. In a tent. I was in a tent. This was the honeymoon? This is well, the honeymoon. Are you doing this to we, ruin every other guy's life? Now they have to get to that we, point to live did, up to this? We did the first Wait, half of the honeymoon was what I like to do, which was the whitewater rafting and oh, yeah. the horseback. So right? And then the, the second half white, was his. water raft down the mountain on the Red Deer River. Then the second half was mine. We played golf at the Banff Springs Inn and then went to Lake Louise in one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> I'm newly married by about four days. My wife calls on the desk at Chateau Lake Louise and says, how far would we have to go to see a glacier? And the guy said, look out your window. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I was in Minnesota. It looked like a bunch of, it looked like a bunch of snow between you know a couple what? of hills. I'm, I'm like, g- that's a glacier? I was underwhelmed. I'm going to give this to your wife. I am. I, yeah. The first time that I did the the park, the ice park drive yeah. highway. Jasper National. Yeah. yeah, it just looks like, uh, it looks like it, snow. a big chunk it, of snow. It does. It really I was kind does. of expecting an icebergy kind of something <laughs> else. I don't know. I, I like yeah. that. I'm going to use that adjective, an icebergy. Icebergy. Yeah. Something. Bergy. And show you what a city kid I am. Honest to God, we're driving along the Canadian uh, Expressway between Banff and Lake Louise. And we're driving along and went, what in the fuck is that smell? Oh. It was a bear on the side of the highway. It was a black bear. bear. Really? Yep. Holy Christ, did that thing reek. You've never a- seen him before? I've been nearby? No. no, no. I've been, I've, uh, you know how you, often you'll get uh, lightning and get kicked off a golf course? I've been mm-hmm. kicked off the Banff Springs golf course because oh, of yeah. that. Really? Yeah, I yeah. got his head taken off. A guy from Japan, two days before we got there, had his head taken off because he walked up to a bear walked to take it. right up. <laughs> not like, Winnie hey, the Pooh, you idiot. Smile. I know. <laughs> Smile. What is it? Do you think it was right tame up. or what? I remember I, there were coyotes or wolves or something on the golf oh, course. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I, there's always wildlife. I mean, it's fun. I actually golfed at a course up in, not far from the Arctic, in Yellowknife. I mean, this is oh, northern, yeah, northern. And they have golf balls that are hanging in the clubhouse when you walk into the clubhouse, and all the golf balls are completely mauled and chewed, and then they t- they're and they're literally just balls that have been left behind. They found after the fact that bears have chewed on or wildlife. <laughs> so, so some of their local rules are this, and it's on the back of the scorecard: if a raven should pick up your ball and fly away, no penalty stroke is assessed. Which is, well, that's good news. I'm happy. You know, I can still break eighty, maybe. That's good. Raven. And and they did not have. I'll never. This was so surreal. They didn't have uh, greens. There was no greens. You walked around with a piece of carpet. It was all sand. And then the greens were actually 
oil-based, oil-slickened kind of uh, surfaces, and it was uh, amongst one of the strangest uh, golf tournaments I've ever been in. The tournament is, uh, they do it every year, and I'm going to forget the name of it. I'll have to Google it, but it starts at midnight because up there, this time of year, well, even where I live up in Edmonton in the middle of June uh, right now, I mean, I'll go golfing at 7 o'clock in the evening. I'll take my kid out. We play 18 holes. At right. seven o'clock. I mean, it, that's the that one, is amazing. That's the one amazing thing I'll say about where I live. You know, I real. It's a very blue collar city. It's all oil and gas. Um, you know, it's not the most culturally rich um, yeah. city. Uh, but although I'd like to think we're helping not that the by most bringing culturally rich. <laughs> I like that. But but financially incredibly uh, rich. I mean, there's a lot of wealth in that in that city in that province because of all the oil and gas. I oh, mean, it's God, it's yeah. insane. Even in Minneapolis, here we have daylight till. Sometimes 10 almost o'clock. ten o'clock. Okay, and, is, and we're we the most that. northern major city in right. North America. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so you go to Yellowknife. Uh, I mean, you stay in hotels that have lead-based blinds because otherwise <coughs> you're yeah, up all night. Blind. Right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just sitting around uh, reminiscing about uh, the day that Rick Bronson and I met, and there was this other goofball there, yeah. and I can't remember his name. <sighs> But I think he was running around on the 15th fairway because he finally hit a good shot after 14 and a half holes. And I can't remember his name. But uh, and he said, who's your daddy? Is he, that said, what he said, who's your daddy? Yeah, That's yeah. exactly <laughs> right. He said, who's your daddy? And then I duked him a 20 and uh, he got back in the car and left. <laughs> I think that's exactly how it went. That's exactly how I remember it. I I'll stand by that in court. I'm sitting here with Rick Bronson from Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, and we said, you got to call Paul Mercurio. If you got Rick Bronson, you got to call Paul. And then I'm reading his text here. Hey, Mr. Big Shot, I'm going to get called into the studio any second. Oh, pardon me. Oh, can you call them in the studio, are you? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, ah. damn it. Hey, Son of a bitch. You I listened just because I was the best one of the three of you on the golf course. Oh. I mean, you could talk about me behind my back. And when I hit that shot, I remember distinctly Tom Bernard saying, Nice shot, Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I believe I corrected him and said, Please, Tom, he's a WAP. I believe it's <laughs> yes. Yes. Is what I said. That's exactly, exactly what I said. Yeah, the band's back together. Everybody on the course is like, this guy should be playing in the um, LPGA when they saw yes. <laughs> Well, they thought you were a lesbian. That's why. Oh. Uh, oh. Too soon? I'm sorry. Uh, so, Paul, I led in with this story, and I didn't tell it because we felt it best to call you. And uh, But I did tell Tom that you probably, amongst uh, any comics that uh, I've known over the course of my now 30-year career, holy cow, uh, is that you've sent me the most interesting gift. And uh, I, I was going to let you tell the story because I, I find it so enjoyable to let you to listen to it over and over again. <laughs> we... Um I was in Edmonton. No, no, you weren't. This was actually, I remember, this was the weekend you were here, and that was the weekend you introduced me to Tom. That's right. I actually, I've only blacked out in Edmonton because that's the only thing to do when it's 40 below. (laughs) Um, And uh, they're actually calling me into the studio. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Good luck on the honeymoon, 40 below, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll call you back. Okay, calls back. They're, they're calling me in. I got to go. All right. What a tease. Honestly, Uh, really? Really? Paul McCurry, a big shot. I call him into the studio. I don't even know. Some lame-ass show. It's like the Daily Show or something it's called. Uh, I can't remember even the name of it. Something that's only had like a dozen Emmys last year. Yeah, some guy, Uh, Jimmy Stewart or something like that. (laughs) 
I can't remember the guy's name. He is. Uh, this story is worth waiting for. So hopefully he will call back. And if he does, into we'll, uh, I will share it. But it is far more. Uh, it is far more entertaining coming from him because I get to oh, bust God. his balls throughout the story. Uh, but uh, it was a, a humbling experience for him. It was good. <laughs> for him. Oh, okay. absolutely. Okay. But I got to tell you, you know what though? I was in New York City. Uh, I don't know, it was a couple summers ago with my whole family, and uh, Paul was uh, really kind enough. He took, uh, he made, went out of his way to meet us in the city and took us out uh, to a, an Italian restaurant not far from where he lives, uh, which is pretty close to Columbus Circle area. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't even remember the name of the restaurant, but it was, you know how when you go to eat, you always uh, never go to the touristy places, ask the locals where to go. Right. And this was one of these places that at 10.30 at night on a Tuesday, it would, yeah. you couldn't find a seat in the place. And it was Unbelievable! Like such, so good. I mean, it's a, New York's a great food city. I mean, and I've been spoiled. I grew up in Montreal, which is mm-hmm. one of the amazing food cities, and I'm con- in constant battle with New York because of the whole right. corned beef pastrami versus smoked meat, and whose bagel is better. <laughs> and you have to have a big bagel off, and it's always uh, it's it's always fun when I see my New York friends. But um, yeah, he was really a nice guy. I went out of his way. I, you know, I'm, I was just talking about this outside. Most comics in general. Um, Remain so, uh, you know, they remain so grounded because I'm talking about the ones that have maybe had big success and, right. and done well right. and become famous because they all know that they have a friend that they came up with that's funnier than yep. them yep. and they were just at the right place and the right time. And it's the oldest adage in Hollywood, but it really is true being at the right place and the right, right time. I mean, the funniest guy that I know, the best stand up that I've ever seen. You've never heard of no one, you know. Yeah, you, you yeah. just don't know. And no, so, I agree. so I think it's one of the reasons why comics in general stay so humble. Um, you know, you meet the odd prick that just you know it gets to his head, and uh, well, there's only one guy I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> I got two at least. But. I will tell you, Jimmy Schubert was just here. And it wasn't at your Jimmy. club. <laughs> no, it was no, not Shubi, Jimmy. Shubi's one, of, he, Shubi's one of my best friends. I can literally He's say that. Such a wonderful guy. But he sat where you are. Well, actually, he was sitting there. Are you saying I'm too Tom, close? Is Tom, that Tom, Tom, Rick's got a new club. It's in Phoenix. Send it open up in Phoenix. And he just went on and on. Pretty like, whipped up. Jimmy settled down. He had this beautiful leather coat, though, that he got in Korea. A Korean-made leather coat. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was yeah, well, beautiful. I think, I, I think it's dog. It's <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, it's leather. puppy. No, yeah. You know, you're right. Most, most live comedy people, men or women, tend to be the nicest people in the world. Unless you're an asshole, and then you're done. You know what I mean? If you, uh, like, I, you know, and I, I've been in a business law, and I would talk about whatever. I don't know how, if I could go on, a, like, the Bob and Tom show, they do this. Yeah. I don't know if I could go in studio, and they hand me a piece of paper and go, write down the five things you want me to ask you. Fuck you. If you can't do an interview, I don't want to be yeah. here. We, I don't know how they do that. It's all, we, I, I don't like when comics go in and try to do bits on air anyways. It's I don't so, it's. I mean, if, I it don't hap- if it falls into conversation and you got a line for it, yep. great. But if it's something where you're telling someone to set you up with this, I mean, it's like when you someone does panel on the, one of the old late night shows and they're prepped beforehand and Carson yep. knows exactly, even though Carson was great, I'm just doing it as an Carson example, but wonderful. knows exactly what they're going to ask. And yep. um, it, yeah, it's just too, it's too forced. I don't even like watching stand-ups do panel in that manner because right. it just seems so wrong. It really does. It's, comedy needs to be in a dark room in front of a room full of strangers. And, I agree. And, and that's what makes it magical. We went to dinner, was it last weekend? With Shuby? 
with uh, no with Jay Farrell and oh. his sister Shayna. She's a sweetheart. Shayna oh, is about gosh. as nice as she really is. These two were all over each other. It was hilarious. I actually told Jay the only reason you're getting booked back is because I'm in love with your sister. I know. <laughs> yes, He's I like can the see that. sweetest person. She really ever. is amazing. Yeah, really a sweetheart. You're just like I want to pinch you to see if you're real. Yeah, no, she's <laughs> great. He's a, he's a super guy and, and really talented. And it's, it's funny, you know what? Uh, I give a lot of credit to my wife Tammy who does all the booking. Oh, she's great. Tammy's wonderful. And she um she gave um Jay like one of his first headlining gigs was at our club. Oh, really? It was oh, really? really when he was still just a very bit player. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other one that she takes so much pride in is uh, TJ Miller. Oh, TJ's TJ's got is in Transformers. TJ's blo- TJ's on Transformers right now. He's Huge. on. He's like the star of Silicon Valley yeah, on right, HBO. Right. He's the he does one of the voices <laughs> of uh, the characters in uh, How to Train a Dragon. Is that the name mm-hmm. of the movie? Oh, the yeah, animated yeah. film. Uh, and he did both. Uh, with his best pal from Montreal, Jay Barrichell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he is literally at that cusp right now of, uh, I honestly think, and, and I, my wife's seen it all along, that he's really going to be oh, that next huge. big thing in stand-up. Jay Barrichell, by the way, looks like Paul Mercurio's twin brother. But sounds like Christian Slater. But it sounds like Christian yeah. Slater. That's Doesn't exactly he? right. Yeah, and I said that to him once, and he was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, I, I was crazy. <laughs> I, I thought for sure. I loved him on, uh, and God, this was the beginning of Seth Rogen. It was a Judd Apatow show called Undeclared. And it's from, Jesus, what, 15 years ago, Alex? Remember Undeclared? You watched Undeclared with me, didn't you? No, you talked about it a lot, but I've Jay, never... Jay Baruchel was on there, along with Seth Rogen. Uh, 2001. Uh, 2001, so yeah, 13 years ago. Um, the guy uh, uh, who, who who stars in Sons of Anarchy, who's actually British, but on Sons of Anarchy, he plays he's, uh, Jackson on Sons of Anarchy. Okay. He was on the show. Terrific show, and Jay was just great in it. Just wonderful in it. It's about a young kid going off to college. And I will never forget, and I wouldn't bring this up in front of Jay Farrow, obviously, but but at one point, it's in 2001 now, one guy turns to the end and goes, did you see Saturday Night Live? He goes, Saturday Night Live hasn't been funny in 10 years. And that was 13 years ago, right? But Jay... What a talent Jay Farrow is! Amazing. I, I don't know how many voices he probably sat here oh, and did, God, but I remember doing I remember doing radio with him, and it was uh, it was just ridiculous. It, it reminded me of the uh, first time I saw uh, Andre Philippe Gagnon, oh, yeah, and yeah. when he sang "We Are the World," mm-hmm. and he did every voice in "We Are the World." I mean, it was just one of those moments that, like no one could be this freaking talented. This I is know. stupid, and it's like okay, I quit show business. <laughs> I have nowhere to go. How do you nail? Because it's not the easiest voice to imitate in the first place, but how you nailed Denzel Washington like that? Because it's not a standout voice like a Rodney Dangerfield. No, it's, it's or, a cadence. It's, I it think it's, is. It's really uh, it, it's, it's not amazing. just the fact that he can mimic the sound and hear the mm-hmm. tonality, but he really nails the cadence. And I find it, you know really got really good guys that do impressions have the ability to just. I mean, absorb every little nuance yep. of the character that they're right. doing. It's amazing. Although, I'll tell you a great stand-up story. We once, and this is going to be something that's going to play a little harder on radio, but this is very true. There was a stand-up comic who was doing an impression of Jack Nicholson, and he's uh, pulling his, you know, like a lot of guys oh, do yeah, when they're yeah, doing Jack yeah, Nicholson. Yeah. They'll pull their hair Forehead. back, and they'll, right. you know, because so, Jack's got the big receding hairline. So the comics at the end of the show are asking this comic, you know, why, are you, why do you got your hand on your head like that when you're doing Jack Nicholson? The guy was bald. He was doing an impression of other impersonators doing Jack Nicholson. (laughs) 
That is the definition of hack in stand-up comedy. I would say very, very That is the hackiest thing you can do. I would have to agree with you. You're absolutely right about that. How about Mercurio pulling Big Sean? Well, you're in the studio. Well, he does have a job. Yeah. How long have you been up and out at the Mall of America? This is year five this summer. Yeah. God, all these people go, what? Just to throw that away. Oh, I thought you were waving at me. I'm going, what are you waving? Year five, that must mean I was there for like one of the first, like the second year. I would say that's about right. Because that was at least two years ago. Who are some of the the staff you were there with? And then I'll be able to... uh... I could point them out to you, but I don't remember any of their <laughs> names. I would not, it's not unlike Andy. I don't no. remember names. But you know what? That was a good time. I remember uh, I was, it was yeah, Andy's Tyler, first foray, Tyler. I think, into the uh, into the work world. And well, you know what? Was. And he did a really... And that was also terrifying. was from the Paul Mercurio weekend. That was from the Paul Mercurio weekend. Actually, absolutely. what I can tell you here... Yeah. Uh, but he was terrified. See. So we really need Paul for this goddamn interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time oh, I, know. I was in 2010. I remember because Super Mario Galaxy 2 had just come out. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I make all my references too, Andy. <laughs> That's actually how I remember when things. I remember when I went to Vegas because of Pokemon Gold that had just come out. Wow! <laughs> yeah, you reminded me of my kids. Now, tell me what's happening in your Minecraft world. What's going on right now? Haven't played Minecraft in quite a while. Actually, <laughs> thank God. There's just not thank God not so much to do in it. Yeah. It's one of the. It's like you know, if you give an adult a huge Lego set versus if you give a child a huge Lego set, you know. There's going to be two very different reactions. The adult might so be excited. like, "Wow, you can make so he's much so stuff," excited. and then, and then you don't. Well, he did. Yeah. I remember he did a good job. I remember uh, how it came. Now we were talking about it in the parking lot. You were mm-hmm. saying that Andy was looking for some work, and I'm going, "Well, hey, I'm hiring. Great. We're always hiring." And, uh, and I'm basically up- uh, doing what I'm doing right now. Only now I'm competent. <laughs> <laughs> well, then That's I want some difference. money back. Then, yeah, I think is <laughs> for the training. <laughs> These clips may be independent, but they are part of a united union of best of the Tom Bernard podcast, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Greg Coleman, Andy Erickson, Rick Bronson, and special guest Paul Mercurio. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.